Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you're on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. I had another awesome weekend. How was yours? We were... We were a state apart this weekend. I mean, I can't complain. I basically just watched football all weekend. And Illinois didn't lose. Illinois didn't lose. It was yeah. great. I mean, I tell you what, it's great, you know, just not having to stress, but also, pull, you know, winning the last game. 100%. Just like, for, just get to enjoy it for two weeks. It's great. I actually forgot to mention that on the last podcast. I was going to bring that up and saying there's nothing better than going into the idle week with a dub in your back pocket because Greatest, you man. know the next weekend is just going to be enjoyable. I usually don't get to do that. I mean, it's you know, you usually just it's usually a loss and Correct. you usually have to just agonize for an extra week about the loss. Yep. But yeah, it was great. Good I mean, it, I just is a zero stress, just fun football weekend. That's the way to go, man. Um, I had I don't know if about zero stress. I can't I guess I can't say uh, that. But Saturday was fantastic. Um, so, you know, Friday, Friday drive down uh, just me and, and, and the boys. Uh, so you go to grandma and grandpa's okay. hung out Friday night, watch a little football Friday night. Um, and then uh, uh, and then actually watched high school playoff football oh, nice. that on, on uh, TV, too. That was pretty cool. And then you wake up Saturday, 2.30 kickoff. It was a little, little chilly in Iowa City. So uh, the Carthaginian and and his son and I weren't exactly firing out of the house first yeah. thing in the morning to go sit outside for eight hours. You know, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, but you wake up and I get to see my parents, you know, grandma and grandpa play with my kids. We gorged ourselves on pork products because nice. that's the tradition. Well, yeah, you have when, to. Yep. Um, and then take off. For, and, and oh my gosh, uh, Grandma Greek made uh, some of the best breakfast casserole. Mm. Ham, sausage. Nice. And uh, bacon. And bacon. In, inside. Um, and then bacon <laughs> on the side. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then, by the way, uh, I got followed by Worship the Pig. On Twitter, okay. I was tweeting so much about about okay. Floyd and pig and everything. So shout out to worship the, the nice. pig. It's all about uh, pork products. Uh, then you go to Iowa City. Um, it really didn't wind up being that cold. Um, shout out to my moon boots that I got made fun well, of. Well, how cold was it? Uh, I was in the. I would say teetering on the line between thirties and forties. Okay. Well, what's the coldest game you've ever been to? I off the top of my head, I don't really know, but that wasn't nearly the coldest. I tell you what, one of the coldest that I've ever been to was last year, Iowa, Minnesota up here. That was pretty darn cold. That was cold. The coldest yeah. I've ever been to is right around zero. Okay. Zero degrees. Yeah. It's too cold. We were a good 30, 40 degrees above that. No wind, which is obviously yeah. the the devil's you know uh, weather inclement. Speaking of dressing, how about those black britches for Iowa? I liked them. I loved them. Okay. I liked him too. It was fan- I, 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 think that- I thought you're, I thought the czar was going to come down. Oh no, right I now. loved him. Yeah, I really think, especially on the road, I would love to see them wear it those on the road with the white jersey. Yeah, I mean it was it was a subtle change, which the the home jersey, I, I think, for the most part, yeah. was the, so the same standard just went yeah. with black britches, and then obviously for the Veterans Day, they had right. the um, flyover. By the way, it was fantastic. Oh, well, what was it? Kinnig. Um, I don't know if. 15s okay. or something. F yeah. somethings. F somethings that flew really close. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, then we get to Iowa City. Um, I was, shout out to my tailgate group. Um, they were extremely nice about talking about the podcast. They were asking about Big Kurt. When's Big Kurt going to come down? Oh, yeah. And see us. So, that, so hello from, from, 
Galgan and the Petey brothers and everybody at, at the tailgate. I mean, I, I, I love tailgating. I'd it's, love to go it's down a good someday. Time. Boy, did we have fun. Yeah. Um, they, and I was going to say, they made fun of my moon boots, my Baffin moon boots. Uh, but boy, those those kept my feet nice and warm. And I mean, uh, that's then, it's the most important part about going to a you, cold you game. Have, you just, if you don't have good footwear, you're screwed. That's it. I, yeah. I mean, and then we put an extra layer on for britches, since we're talking about britches, because metal bleaches. Yes. Metal bleaches either absorb the hot at the beginning of the year or the cold yeah. at the end of the year. So having a, having a two-layer thing was pretty huge. But once we got into Kinnick, you know, you're pretty... Pretty knocked down from the wind where you're at for the most part. It was freaking gorgeous in there. The nice. scene was electric. It was obviously a good game. We'll touch into that later. But, you know, pig, alcohol, college football, Big Ten football in 30, 40 degree weather. You, you just can't beat days like that. I don't, I don't know Spe- what to say. Especially when your team wins. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely helps out. Um, speaking of team wins, that was actually a perfect segue. And the next thing I was going to say is it, it was another big mad you know, Twitter day for some fan bases, um, namely Minnesota and Penn state that lost. And I think it stung for the most, but maybe Purdue fans kind of saw the, the L coming. Yeah, a I think bit. they saw the, the L coming. So I don't think it didn't they were hurt surprised too much, but no. you know, I, I, I will talk obviously deeper on the Iowa Minnesota game, but most of my conversations on Saturday evening and into Sunday today were with gopher fans and hockey fans, obviously, but, and I found myself kind of like, I don't know if to a certain degree sticking up for Minnesota um, and and then in general, again, pointing out the depth of this league. Like yeah. you, you go all the way down to my in my estimation, 12 teams that you had better buckle up for because they might get you. And some of them got, you know, it, it's it's a tough league going on the road, especially if you're two teams kind of in the middle. Again, you you better play well. Well, so I assume you mean at the bottom. Are you talking about Indiana and Northwestern? They are the two, two definitely at the bottom. But but wh- I, I'm still scared of Northwestern to a little to a degree. Yeah, yeah. I'm not scared of Indiana. That no, one I understand. We will talk about them a little bit deeper, but a little bit. Like I I don't trust Northwestern to go winless the rest of the. No, I say. don't either. So I'll say that much. Uh, but you would. I think it's fair to say they're the only two ones that you wouldn't be surprised have given up a blowout in some capacity. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Which they both did this weekend, which kind of plays into it, but long story short, extremely deep, tough league. It is it. And two teams have more, more. Okay. Indiana and Northwestern as well. Putting them aside, two teams, I think have more notches in the L column than they ever thought they would at the beginning of the year, namely Penn state and Minnesota. And like, I'm trying to yeah. tell them somebody's got to lose these games. Right. Like it's just the way <laughs> well, it that's unf- what we always say when we do our predictions, our yearly predictions, you don't want like every, I seem to have, have a higher outlook for every team, but then right. when you, when you actually go through and do it, someone's got to win, win. Someone's got to lose. Yeah. And um, I still think Penn state's good. I do too. I still think Minnesota's pretty damn good. Yeah. They and both both those teams have flaws though. Absolutely. Not but and what we're seeing I think is a, a, again something that is not just common to the Big 10 but it's it's across college football. There seems to be teams that just have a shocking lack of something yeah. on, on their team. Well, I think both those teams do. They do. And that, and that's part of it which yeah. will obviously get into but that does not make you a bad team no it just doesn't not at make all. you a complete team right there's teams that are ranked above them that have flaws that are not complete teams by the way 
uh, with Mississippi State beating Auburn. Mm. They're both at four losses now. Watch out. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> we might have the highest ranked 0, 1, 2, 3, and 4 loss SEC team because we won't be able to record again until the college football playoff rankings are out. It's yeah. possible. I think it's, it's possible. It's possible, Kurt. It is. All right. Got anything else? No, let's right, just let's get, get into the games. games. All right. These were the week 11 games. Six games as uh, 12 teams in action. As two teams were idle. Illinois, uh, Kurt's Illinois fighting Illini. And then Nebraska Cornhuskers. These are, of course, all big on big action. All took place yesterday on Saturday, November 13th. First game up. Michigan 21. Penn State 17. The Wolverines with 361 yards of total offense to the Nittany Lions 300. And 32. First of all, great game. Great game. This is a great way to kick off the day. Michigan was really controlling the game. It was amazing how fast that game flipped, though, when Penn State took over yeah. and started winning the game. But then, it, you know, Michigan ends up winning. It, kind of recontrolled re- yeah. the game. And I think they were the better team, which I, I expected kind of this game pretty much played out the way I expected it to. A, a good game. Close game with a Michigan win. Which is exactly what me and you both predicted. Uh, proud of myself for hitting the, the first half total points in this in this game was 24 points. Was it? So I took the under and that that hit easily. Um I think I think I'm hearing what you're saying, which is if 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 these two teams played each other ten times, I think Michigan wins six of them. I th- yeah, six maybe or maybe seven. seven, maybe seven. That might be stretching it a little bit, but the point is, with if you're at six or seven, you basically think it's two teams that are evenly matched. But in the end, Michigan, as we talked about on the previous pod, just more complete, and it seemed to come well complete. And that's one thing I want to pat myself on the back about is I was talking about going into this game was how not only was Michigan running the ball well, we knew that, playing good defense, but then they're starting to pass the ball well, and then they were starting to incorporate the tight ends, and that's that was the, the play that, that won this game, was the Eric All touchdown. I don't know if they got all the tight ends uh, in, but they got Eric All in. Four catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, the biggest touchdown that he had was the biggest touchdown in the game, a 47-yard crossing route, and awesome. you kind of thought somebody would catch him. Nobody caught him, and well, he just got in You know the what they zone. say about Eric is he can do it all. He, yeah, is this, are we gonna have to put a governor on this like we do it? I still haven't used. You my, haven't. No, you, I haven't. You haven't cast it in. No, and you might want to do it today I know, because, because there's not much more. We don't have a lot of a lot of. Uh, well, but also he barely played. I know, and of course we're talking about Penn State running. No, okay, no, okay, and Kane is able. Yeah, I mean, you can cast it in. I know. Right I got to use it. Um. Uh. But yeah. Uh. Uh. Where, where am I at here? Um. Ha- uh. Haskins, of course, great day with. Corum being out, which we kind of thought was going to be the case. Haskins stepped up with his carries yeah. and yardage, 21 carries, 156 yards. 31, Roman Wilson, 31 carries, 156. 30, 31 carries, 156 yards. Roman Wilson, shout out to him, only had three catches, but he, so, but he had two touchdowns. And, and someone on Big Ten Network said this, and I was already thinking it. It's, it's amazing how – oh, I know who it was. It was Howard Griffith. He was saying in the receiving department, it's always someone else that's stepping up, and it's true. Twice on the – so – being at uh, Grandma and Grandpa Greeks, you just kind of keep the same, you know, channel on. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think I watched the Big Ten, the Big Ten Network recap show maybe five times. Okay. 
Dino Arms actually made like three or four really good points. It was the strongest <laughs> show he had ever had. I so to tip to him. Do you think so? Yeah. He well, did a I good think job. I will say he stepped up his game this year. Yeah, he has. I, yeah, I think it's because they got Big Boy on there, and he's oh, he's that's to, he's got to step up. That's probably why. So right? I'm serious, man. He's raised the he's raised the level of that show. Yeah, he he has. Josh Perry, you're Josh talking Perry, about. Yep. And by the way, so the the post game presser was the first time that Harbaugh actually seemed normal. Uh, normal, like. Normal but amusing. Usually yes. he's weird and amusing. Right. This time he was normal and amusing. Like I actually kind of like like, oh, I, like he's maybe like having fun coaching this year. I know. Maybe he's kind of let the younger. And again, this is what we heard from Jordan, but we hear positive things with every one of our insiders. This is one that is hit, which is like the younger coaches. I think on the staff have infused some energy. I think it's imprinting on on khaki pants, but khaki pants is still got a lot of experience on how to lead a team. It's just a Michigan team that looks darn good. Darn good. And, okay. and speaking of the defense, yes. 12, okay. 12 tackles for loss, seven sacks on the day. Just amazing performance. Aiden Hutchinson. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to, we got a tight, like, there's like 15 people for the weekly Eisman. Mm-hmm. But Aiden Hutchinson, seven tackles, three t- sacks, three TFLs as well. He was great. I mean, the whole Michigan defensive line, David Ojabo did a good jabo. He had two sacks. That's pretty himself. good. That's not yeah, bad. Okay, I like that. Uh, but and then we haven't given Cade McNamara's stat line: nineteen to twenty-nine, two hundred seventeen yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Get off this kid's back. Oh, he I is did. doing what needs to be done. And and you know, at the beginning of the year, I said this is not a guy that's going to win you football games. He's winning football games now. I I, I feel like me and you were quicker onto the Cade McNamara is actually pretty good, and there's actually Probably, weapons yeah. here with the Michigan receivers. I, I know I'm patting ourselves on the back here, pretty good, but. I feel like we've we've both been on that earlier. I think so. So a couple things. Penn State, they must have been so frustrated when they converted that two-point conversion because going back to the Illinois game where they converted one of nine, they must have been like, why couldn't we have done that then? Common common joke that was going around on Twitter. Um, And James Franklin is not going to walk away from this game without getting yeah okay well we so, got to talk about the fake field goal i mean that just i'm not it was sure bad. well i'm not sure what they were thinking there. I, I okay i understand i guess if you're man, a head coach and you make that decision and it goes wrong you you better get ready for the fire that's part of the job with that being said i just want to say if it works he's a genius yeah if it doesn't he's an idiot that's, and there is no in between with that, that type of deal i'm gonna defend him a little bit because the michigan defense was playing so well He's probably thinking, look, we gotta we gotta manufacture points here. Yes. I get it. But he um, gave away three of them. But how about how about this though? The Penn State offense had the ball inside the Michigan thirty yard line six times yeah. and garnered seventeen points. That's it's hard and, to do. And shout out to to Sean Clifford. Um is this stat line amazing? No, twenty three of forty three, two hundred and five yards, one touchdown, no pick. Jahan Dotson did Dotson things for the most part. Parker Washington also balled out but this Penn State offensive line has been mediocre to bad mm-hmm. rushing the ball yep they they were awful in pass pro yeah. today like where would this offense be without Sean Clifford like a a senior court and not only experienced and and skilled quarterback he's a tough SOB absolutely and he's a I, leader like, he's a leader too. he's the leader like I, th- I saw people criticizing him I yeah like you said not great stats but I don't think people are giving him enough credit, really. I agree. Like, obviously, the flaw with Penn State that we kind of alluded to before with some of these teams, the, the lack of rushing attack. Can't now, now K- Kayvon Lee did okay. 20 carries, 88 yards. But you never thought it was 
you, but uh, twenty or forty-two carries for hundred and nine yards. Right. It's just not a great two point six yard average. Not good. It, it's just not going to win you enough games. But Penn State's defense was very good. Yeah. as well. Like obviously, it it gave up a couple too many points to pull out the game. But you're not walking away from that game thinking the Penn State defense gave it up. The Penn State defense is good. The Penn State passing attack is yeah. really good. They lack a rush, rushing attack, and I think every now and then the special teams could be a little bit better. But in the end, this is a Penn State team that would win a lot of games in, let's say, the Big 12. That's my th- yeah. that's my thought process. Yeah, Tons of games in the ACC and Pac-12, right. but they're in the Big 10, and that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. With the win, Michigan moves to nine and one overall, six and one in conference play. With the loss, Penn State falls to six and four overall, three and four in conference play. Next game up, I almost nailed it. Wisconsin 35, Northwestern seven. The Badgers with 497 yards of total offense to the Wildcats, 239. What was your pick? Uh, I had 38 to six. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I was close. Uh, that's pretty damn close. Yep. So we also we did an over under on the total yards for Northwestern. Man, we set it at 185. So they went over that. And I chose over. <clears throat> you chose over. Yeah, I didn't think they'd wind up with 239 though. You like this Wisconsin defense is so good. When you see any offense, let alone Northwestern, at 239, you're like, oh, not yeah, not, not too bad, bad effort, huh? Well, and I'll take it a step further. 114 yards rushing on the ground. That's I mean, you remove yeah. Army. They, they they aren't giving up any yeah. yards on the ground. So give Northwestern a little credit here yeah. for moving the ball. I mean, Who, who's who's the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin? I believe it's Jim Leonard. Do, 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 you don't throw with a high success rate. You don't rush for the win. You don't slip your back into the flat, and you don't mess around with Jim. Well, is that I'm, pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. This is. By the way, they have overtook Georgia. As the number one defense. Have they really? Total defense. That's how good they so are. In, Tennessee in got of, a couple yards. In terms of yardage. Yep. Okay. Then Georgia played Tennessee. Tennessee got a couple yards on them. You know, and Wisconsin plays Northwestern, which is obviously struggling. But, like, I I, I find my, I've got a couple college football DM groups that I'm in on Twitter. And people are still adhering to this deal that, like, Wisconsin is mostly garbage. They're, they're, they're just – they are. They are, and I what? and then I want to make myself puke because I'm in there, half defending Wisconsin. I mean, I like, guess like the defense has gone from, it's been elite all year. It's gone from elite to historically elite in the past four years. Whereas the rushing attack has gone from mediocre to very good, very good. And now here comes Graham Mertz, I know. eighteen of twenty three, two hundred sixteen yards, two touchdowns. He had one pick. He was three touchdowns and no pick. Last week, Graham Mertz has now looked good. I, I don't. I, if the wide you were, receivers if, look good. The, the, yeah, Danny Davis and Jake Ferguson combined for seven catches, eighty-nine yards, two touchdowns. I, I mean, there is not a lot to pick out about this Wisconsin team right now that's not looking good. I mean, I was, I was kind of, I was joking on Twitter during this game, like kind of ribbing Graham Mertz a little bit, but I just had to stop because he was playing so well. He wound up looking good. Like I was, I was making fun of, well, he completed a pass. Wow, he completed another pass. And then at some point I just stopped. Um, he started to look very Wisconsin quarterbacky. Yeah, I mean, he does. He does. Which is mostly a compliment. It is. No, it's a compliment. I mean, but he physically, he's better than what a 
what a Wisconsin quarterback is usually, but he just doesn't, you know, always That's put it together. Point. But he was he was doing it yesterday. I'll tell you, he's putting it together. Braylon Allen, twenty five carries, one hundred seventy three yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he looks like a Wisconsin running back. You know, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, well, thank God. You know, Che Che Louise, pretty solid, but he'll be. He'll be and I'm like, at least they don't have that that next guy on yeah. the roster. No, they do have that next guy on the roster. He's 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 a freshman. Uh, the Carthaginian and his son have Wisconsin ties. Yeah. Okay. There are there are there's film out there of Braylon Allen running the football in high school. Okay. And it's it's a it's basically comical is what they're saying. Like he just absolutely so good people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which isn't too surprising. Switching over to Northwestern. There's not much to look at here. Andrew Marty gave it a go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I can say, man. I just feel, but ten attempts or uh, eighteen attempts, ten completions, a hundred yards. He got to a hundred yards, zero touchdowns, three picks. Yeah, I mean it was ugly. All the quarterbacks were yeah, because Holinsky played as well and threw a pick. So yeah, he goes four, eight, three of eight and a pick, four picks, zero touchdowns. That's, that's I mean, it's a just tough what, day for the Northwestern quarterbacks. But that's just what the Wisconsin defense does to you. And by the way, I just wanted to mention Leo Chanel again. Yes, fourteen tackles, nine solo, a sack, three Thank tackles you. for loss. I mean that guy. I've said it a number of times. That guy may be the best defender in the league. He's certainly in the conversation. He's up there. Shout out to Steven Robinson. He had one carry for 49 yards off like a jet sweep type of deal. So if you take his carry out, okay, I'm just kind of playing with the stats here a little Mm -hmm. bit. But if you take his one carry out for the rushing totals, uh, Northwestern had 33 carries for 65 yards. So Mm, less than two yards. Okay. It's just another – that's – what it looks like. So Northwestern got over a hundred yards because of that. But, right. But you know, your basic traditional rushing attack was not working for Northwestern. You know, speak- like it doesn't work for anybody versus Wisconsin. I, mean, I know we talked about him already, but just going back to him, speaking of going over hundred yards, it was Braylon Allen's sixth, sixth straight, straight 100 yard game. Yeah. You know, good Lord. As he moves to being 18 years old, he's still not 18 years Is old. Is he still not to be confirmed that? <laughs> I didn't, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's the case. You got anything else here? Well, 16 turnovers in the last four games they've forced, and they had only forced, I think, four all year before that. Yeah. You know, you know what I think? I think any fan base that's talking smack about Wisconsin, you know what I think they all have in common? They haven't played Wisconsin in the last four or five weeks. That would yeah. be my guess. Maybe. I understand. Maybe that's what it is. I understand Notre Dame fans talking smack. What Notre Dame, Wisconsin now? Well, I'd like to see that game. Because yeah. again, Wisconsin was in a position to win that game. They just didn't have enough offense to get it done. I believe they have more of that offense now. I think were you saying a couple weeks ago that you thought Wisconsin could compete with Ohio State, and I was like, eh, I don't well, know. Now. Yeah. Potentially, but man, uh, Ohio State. Well, we'll get to that. that. Yeah. All right. With the win, Wisconsin moves to seven and three overall, five and two in conference play. Tied with Iowa, but they're essentially in first place alone right now. With the loss, Northwestern falls to three and seven overall, one and six uh, in conference play. They're officially out of bowl contention. That's right. Yeah. Third team to drop out of bowl contention. Next one up, Wowser Rutgers, 38. Indiana three, the Scarlet Knights with 320 yards of total offense to the Hoosiers 262 with that 35 point win. That is the largest margin of victory for Rutgers since they've been a member of the Big Ten Conference. Well, and it's I think uh, Rebson said it's their largest ever conference victory, regardless of what conference in largest okay. one on the road. On the road, that's what it that's was. what it was. That that blows my mind. That's the oldest football program in the 
It's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? I thought I heard that wrong, so I didn't I didn't add that on no. to Wow, thanks for confirming that yeah. I thought that's what I heard. Let's uh let's start with the positive side first with Rutgers. So I mean look at this great stat line, obviously, when you put up thirty eight points for Noah Vedral, right? Nine of seventeen for ninety seven yards. Huh? Okay, well, they must have ran for five hundred yards. They actually had a good day rushing. They did. Isaiah Pacheco, though, 21 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, that's good for total rushing. 50 carries, 217 yards, five touchdowns, but only a 4.4 yard. Where did you get all these points from? I don't know. How, what could it be? What could it possibly be? You know what? I know. Don't turn the ball over for your first play from scrimmage oh. and then turn the ball over five more times. What is with Rutgers being in these games where they're either forcing yeah. or, or give it up? That's a good point. Just copious amounts of turnovers. Well, just first of all, congratulations to Rutgers. I mean, first I, I, I they were having fun out there. The, did you notice can, that? Can I, can go, I add yeah, that? Go for it. So I would like to set the scene up a little bit again. Uh, this is in the Greek household. Shout out to grandma Greek again, because I don't know how many, I don't know how many grandmas and moms sit and watch the Big Ten recap show with their two sons, their grandson, their three grandsons, and their husband, and she's pointing stuff out. Okay. I mean, that's if you guys ever wondered wh- where I came from for loving the sport so much, you, you don't have to look any further than my parents, my brothers, you know, with, with grandma. She even at one point was like, you know, I think they're doing a better job with the targeting call this year. Oh, they, good. They, which I can they are with. doing a better they're job. They're not calling as many. They're not calling as many. So she was right about that. But anyway, so set up the scene. That's we're, we're all sitting in the, you know, we got the glow of the win. We've had a great day as a family together. And then they showed the the replay of Raekwon O'Neal, mm-hmm. the big man yeah, touchdown. It was awesome. And when they interviewed him, did you see that? Yeah, they, I did. He big I mean, I don't know what to say, but that big toothy grin. He was cute. Yeah, yeah, he was a cute big and, man. And I like on the Big Ten Network, they were making fun of him because he was giving credit to his blockers. Yes, so he's basically the, giving he's credit. Like, well, first of all, I'd like to thank my guys up front for blocking for me. And I want to say the entire living room died laughing when he said that. That was, was awesome. fantastic. And then they showed Shiano when Raekwon Williams was coming off. Or, uh, excuse me, Raekwon O'Neal was coming off the field. Shiano had a big smile on his face. Dude, it's supposed to be fun, right? I mean, and it's it's hard to go from out east to come into the Midwest and win a game like this on the road, and they've done it twice now this year. That's impressive. And you know what's impressive is me and you not taking the cheese. We both took Rutgers to cover. Yeah, you know, let's talk about that. Because, because the only thing that was scaring me about it was that line. And yeah. I'm not saying – right. I don't think Rutgers is 35 points better than no, Indiana. I mean, but, obviously, when you turn the ball over, but – I'll say this much. There was only one team that came to the stadium to play football that day. Oh, there's no doubt about that. We'll get to Indiana. But and I guess the reason is because so many linebackers were out for Rutgers, which I didn't know until right before the game. I'm like, okay, maybe that makes sense a little bit. But still, even with that, I just still saw Rutgers as a better team than Indiana because Indiana is – they packed it up. So we will switch over to Indiana now. Um, I mean, there was a three-person quarterback thing between McCulley Tuttle and Grant Grummel. 18 of 42, 177 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. They're rushing 32 attempts for Ugh. 85 yards, 2.7. I mean, like I said, they they fumbled on the first play. Um, there's reported there's fights on the sideline yeah. for Indiana. So here's my thing. I, is Leo now stand for loathe each other? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there there's no love there. This is this is 
you know, they're so bad that I look at him. I just kept thinking to myself, Indiana, what did you do? How dare you be this bad? I, I mean, and, and like, I, I don't think we ever thought this was like an elite team last year, but it was a team that was so together, played together. They, they fed off each other, you know, offense from defense, all of that stuff. And it was like, it was this perfectly balanced thing. And then one of the legs got kicked out and it's just fallen to the ground. Like there was a small conversation at my tailgate. I don't really think they're going to make a, a coaching change. Like I think Tommy Allen will still be there. No, but they have to make changes. Okay. In the staff. Absolutely. Okay. I'm down with that. Offensive staff. They have to make changes. The offensive line is inexcusably bad. I would say the offensive scheme overall is pretty inexcusably bad. And there needs to be a clear voice attached to whatever quarterback you're going to play. Like to me, I just do not, it, it should be all McCulley live and die, figure it out. I know. Like, and just give them experience. Like Tuttle can't stay healthy. Nah. Like they've got two quarterbacks that are, and it's not Gremmel. No. He's not the guy. Just give it to McCulley. That's it. That's your choice. And and, and and then see what you got there. And then maybe you go out. I mean, this is the age of the transfer portal, so you can make a big change quick. But you have got to start building an identity and at least figure out what you have or don't have. I feel really bad for Ty Freifogel. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, he had. But five. shout out to him for staying at least. I don't know. Yeah, staying. I guess, but like he dropped another. Look. Should have had a touchdown catch. He dry, and just like, man, just nothing's going right for that poor guy this year. Or the program. And it's like he encapsulates the entire program, really. You just look at Ty Freifogel, the year, he, that's, the year he's having is the year that Indiana's having. And perfectly stated. And, I mean, look at how good Freifogel was last year. He was amazing. We, we, we considered him, you know, for like wide receiver of the year type of year. Well, he had, he, I think – if I recall, he's the only, still the only Big Ten wide receiver ever to have two 200-yard games in one year. And that guy's this, still in there somewhere. He's there somewhere, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. With the win, Rutgers moves to an even 5-5, five and 2-5 five, and five in conference, still alive to go to a bowl game with two games left. With the loss, the Hoosiers fall to 2-8, and 0-7 oh, in mm. the Big Ten, the only winless team mm. in the league. Mm. Mm. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall and game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California, and as always, hashtag ask for Amador. Didn't need to ask myself for any Amador for this next one. Iowa 27, Minnesota 22. The Hawkeyes with 277 yards of total offense mm. to the Gophers 409. Say what? Um, I'll get you. Give me your thoughts first, and then I'll chime in. Okay. I guess the first thought I want to get out there is yes, statistically Minnesota won this game. If you look just up and down. 23 first downs to 12, 409 yards to 277. They outrushed the Hawkeyes 189 to 71. They didn't have any turnovers. The Hawkeyes had one. Time of possession, over 40 minutes. They they more than doubled up Iowa. But when you get into a dogfight like this against Iowa in Kinnick Stadium in a close game, if you're not translating those stats into points, 
I just I felt honestly the whole time I felt comfortable that Iowa was going to win the game because that's what they do. Interesting. Okay, I mean, obviously I'm a little bit more emotionally invested, so I I had you know a clenchy bunghole for a big portion of this. Understandable. I do want to say so. Doug the Carthaginian and I were sitting next to each other, and like I'm trying to do a better job as I move into my adult adultness, which I've been in for quite some time. Uh, I'm a little bit behind the 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 uh, behind schedule a little bit, but. I'm trying to appreciate college football when I'm at a live contest or even just sitting in my, you know, the, the DAC watching. Okay. Like when you when your team is a part of a great football contest, I I, I just want to let people know, like, how great is this? Yeah, there's literally only so many times in your life that you get to be part of an environment in a scene that's that electric that happened on Kinnick, and from a couple people I've talked to, it seemed like it came through the television screen quite a bit, that it seemed like that. So that that's one thing I wanted to point out. So then the other side of it, which I guess is kind of more talking about Minnesota, and we'll get to Iowa, but um, I felt like I was most of my time on Saturday night and a little bit today was maybe not so much arguing with Minnesota fans, but like trying to get them to see my point of view, I guess, but the 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 butt hurtedness that I was getting was that Iowa's mediocre and Minnesota sucks from Minnesota fans, and then they really seemed like yeah. they were really getting on PJ. I, I don't, just yeah, I don't get that. Okay, I don't so, see that. I didn't see that. So that's interesting that you say see that because I that's I think we agree, but we'll I talk through so. it. But let me ask you this: so so going into this game, going into any game versus Iowa's offense, the general thought process is to stop Tyler Goodson and the rushing attack. Yeah. Put the game on the Iowa quarterback, which in this case is a quarterback that was on his first start. That is the smart game plan. That's what they did. That's what Joe Rossi and PJ Fleck did. They pulled that off. Well, okay. So there's nothing with the quote unquote, game plan to me that I think was wrong about Minnesota. I mean, you can argue that their, their offense just isn't, there's something missing there. I want to get to that, but in terms of like coming prepared and ready to play the game, I thought that they were Minnesota. I thought Minnesota was prepared and ready to play the game. I thought PJ got his guys ready to go. They showed up. The, the thing that's missing there is, it's coming from the quarterback it position is. now. It is. That's what's going wrong we, here. We this is a pro Tanner Morgan podcast. We have, we have, put, we know <clears throat> the struggles and everything. Like, I hope T- Tanner Morgan will have a lot of success in his life. I just don't think it's going to come at the National Football League. No, no. probably not. Um, Fourteen of thirty, one hundred eighty-three yards, one touchdown, no pick. So that's not an awful stat line, but it's the stat line we have seen every week. So Minnesota's rushing attack is so good. Minnesota's rush defense is so good Mm -hmm. that that stat line will get you a lot of wins versus a lot of teams. But going into Kinnick Stadium versus that defense is a whole nother thing. Now, the touchdown came to uh, Crabb, who had five catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown on a beautiful double move that was perfectly set up and made the game a lot tighter. Okay. So he, he, he hit a big throw in a big time, but when you've got Kai Thomas, 29 carries, 126 yards, Bucko Irving, 17 uh, carries 80 yards, 4.46 yard average, uh, 210 yards rushing, non you know, sack adjusted. Yeah. When you get that type of production out of your rushing attack, especially and your rush defense, especially against this defense. 
So to me, it wasn't play calling. No. It was it was play making execution and is what it was. That's, execution. That's what that, I think. That's what it comes down. Now, to. if there is, if you want to get into PJ's dish, I think it comes with why haven't they made a quarterback change? I mean, at some point, I, I can just say as a impartial fan here, I would like to see Anikstead and just see if it looks better. You know, it looks better. Iowa's offense. When Alex Padilla is throwing, well, the ball. that's a good point too. Did the stat line is the, no, as far just, as the completion percentage? He was only eleven twenty four for two hundred and six yards, but two huge touchdowns. But yeah, two huge touchdowns. But really, the only thing you'd want is a, just a higher completion percentage because yards per average eight point six per yeah. attempt. That's solid, and two touchdowns and zero picks. So the, you have your quarterback. Injury or not to Petrus, so, if he's 100% healthy, you still have your quarterback here in Alex Padilla. That is impartial Illinois Big Kurt fan viewing this with with non-biased eyeballs. It's it, it's an easy decision, too. So, like, it, I, and it's just tough because it, it, it not everything has to be a fight, but, of course, this day and age, it is. But, like, it, it just doesn't seem to be anything that should even be up to debate for me right now. No. And I hope it isn't with the Iowa staff. You, you want to hear a little bit of a, a, a stat line that I kind of dug around with? Here is Iowa's sacks given up for games coming into oh this boy. game. Oh, boy. I'd like to hear this. Two, four, one, three, two, three, four, six, two. Yesterday, zero. Darn it. Didn't give up a sack. The, what changed? Because the guy can move. He's All athletic. There is to it. He's, so he, he, has, moves. he has pocket presence. The pocket presence is ginormous. Like in a play where you But kinda, also moving in the pocket. He's good at doing that. Right. Like when you climb in the pocket yeah. and you give Charlie Jones a chance to do a double move yeah. and he hits a 70-yard touchdown. You know, have you ever seen Petrus climb in the pocket? Not once in my life. Neither I have believe. I. It doesn't pop out of my head. <laughs> Charlie Jones, two catches, 106 yards and a touchdown. Keegan Johnson, the stat line doesn't pop off, but the touchdown catch that he the the loss that he turned into a 20-yard touchdown yeah. was incredible. And, you know, it's obviously that w- it wasn't the quarterback, but it just seems like he opens up, you know, like he unlocks the potential of Johnson and Jones. Yes, he does. You 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 just gave one of the most common lines at our – because, you know, okay. we the best prognosticators and X's and O guys in the tailgate after the well, game. Of course. Of course we are. We were saying the exact same thing, yeah. though. So um, another person pretty much saying the same thing. By the way, Jack Campbell – Yes. Okay, good, good, just, good. Just 17 tackles. Yeah, just, you know, another day at the it office. It was, like, you sit there and you're like, he's got to be sore. I mean, that's I just. I would think so, yeah. A lot of, it's, it's not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And I don't even know if he was the best defender on Saturday for Iowa. Zach Van Varkenberg. Yeah, he was good. 10 tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss. Big cuz. Yeah, big. <laughs> because he had a big game last year versus Minnesota, too. So, in the end, I I if I was a Minnesota fan, okay, I'd be saying the same shit. I would be saying we should have won that game. Look at the stats. Oh, I, I can that understand stuff. that. I, I would be saying the same thing. With that being said, Minnesota had the lead for a whopping three minutes and forty-seven seconds in this entire football right. contest. Yeah. Like Iowa was up in the game almost the entire time. They held on to win. Could have had a little bit more aggressive play calling at the end of the game at the goal line, but they played the averages that that Kirk Ferentz likes to sure. play and they they won the game um if these teams play 10 games 
six for Iowa? Yeah, okay. somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. If you play in Kinnick, maybe it goes a little bit higher. Right. But with the win, Iowa moves to eight and two overall, five and two in conference, technically tied with uh, Wisconsin. By the way, well, you're not going to hear me say this very much on this podcast. Big Husker and a Gopher fan here on out. Yep. One of them needs to knock off Wisconsin, what I'm getting to. Yep. With the loss, Minnesota falls to 6-4 and four overall, 4-3 four and three in the Big Ten. Something that, interesting to point out. Uh, Minnesota's team total was 7. Win total was 7. Coming in okay, here. yep. Indiana next week, Wisconsin after. So, statistically speaking, it looks like they're going to hit their win total dead on. But, man, Illinois, or especially Bowling Green, well, yeah. if you had you... Minnesota's over in the win total – you're, you're punching oh, walls. Right yes, now. you are. Next game up, Michigan State 40, Maryland 21. Sparty with 481 yards of total offense to the Terrapins, 447. It's just This is a Michigan State game. You know what I just realized? Michigan State and Indiana are yin and yang. Because Indiana fumbled on their first play. And Michigan State, didn't they flea flicker touchdown in the first play? Fourth a- flea flicker touchdown. Of the year. Of the year. But how many times have they scored on their first play, too? I, I think they've it. done that. These are That's bag. so they they are pointing way up. It's like it's like the even Steven episode, remember, <laughs> of Steven Seinfeld? Because uh, Elaine was going down and George is going up. <laughs> Indiana's Elaine right now. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh well, another with, with the with the Michigan State uniforms. I oh think, boy! Okay, I think I have started to accept <sighs> the neon, but that state—it's so big. It's like it's, billboard big. Yeah, I know. Agree. Like the the, the neon's one thing. I don't like it, but it's whatever. But it's it not could the, play. It could if play. It was, yeah. If they just did it a little differently, it's that ridiculous. State, this state is crazy. I did, and by the way, Michigan State fans don't like them. That's like, what I've, that's I was what making mostly. fun of them, and Michigan and State fans in. were jumping right in. Like, yeah, they're I can't. The players believe. must like them, though, right? I, don't I mean, know. they they have the power to say never make me wear those again, don't they? I mean, I guess they do. I would think. I would think so. Yeah. Um, speaking of crazy, Peyton Thorn, the offense. I mean, twenty-two of thirty, two hundred eighty-seven yards, four touchdowns and a pick. He was just having fun. Out there, uh, he was having and that's fun. That's kind of a kind of common Peyton Thorn stat line. Like he'll go missing a little bit, but then he has a huge game like that. I mean, this is a huge game. Also, Kenny Walker had another huge game: thirty carries, one hundred forty-three yards, two touchdowns. Jaden Reed. I mean, it's, it's all the so usual it's the suspects. Names. It's the names. Yep. Um, Dougie said Kenny Walker a little dingy. Really? That's what I've heard. But he played right till the end of the game. It seemed so like it. I don't. It didn't seem like he missed time. Something to look into. Um, but yeah, the flea flicker, the stat lines. It's again. It's just. This is a fun team. It's fun, and they're like having if, fun too. Like what I keep thinking about is, if they would have started this year with like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the HBO. Um, what's the preseason NFL? Uh, oh yeah, like the. Why can't I think of the name of it? I know what you're talking about. But if they, they, you know, where they, they follow the team, the team during camp, yeah, 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 I can't think of the name of it. Um, can you imagine <laughs> if they did this for a whole season with Michigan State? Oh God, it would have been a blast. I mean, just right from the get go, you know. And then, I mean, again, they've been playing with house money. Pretty much all year. Yeah, but they just keep winning. You know, they but keep with winning that, with house money. With that being said, um, Maryland, this was one of my bets that I liked was Maryland and the yep. points. Maryland was right with them yeah. a good chunk of the game. Yeah, and and obviously big weakness of Michigan State is the passing oh boy. defense. And the, I mean, Tongue of Iloa exploited that. 350 yards passing for him. 48 attempts. Like, Tulia doesn't believe it's a real good day at the track unless he's thrown about 40, maybe 50 times. That's, yeah. that's, how, that's how that guy rolls. And I tell you what, this guy, 
Chigo Conquo. That yeah. guy is having a quiet, really good, sneaky good season. Yeah. But he's having a sneaky good, like, it's just weird that you don't hear much about him because yeah. he's had a good career, but he's having a great year. That's going to be a guy that's going to be in the league for like eight years. No doubt. Like, I mean, nobody's ever going to know where he's from. Where's he from? I know. Oh, he's from Maryland. Right. Because yeah. nobody talks to him. But he's like, he's got, he's got the physical presence. He's got the athleticism. He's pretty fast. He's pretty nimble. He's, he's definitely an NFL player. I feel player. like every Maryland wide receiver has a physical presence to him. Yeah. And Rakeem Jarrett, yeah. 10 catches, 105 yards. So he's, he's showing out. They don't seem to, I mean, of course they miss. The, the wide receivers, Dante Demas, yeah. and, and I'm, um, the other one's escaping me. Yep. But but the guys are stepping up, is yep. my point. Um, defense isn't stepping up too no. much. It's, it's like, I don't think we were seeing ghosts. Like, I felt this was a decent Maryland defense at times earlier in the year. Yeah. It's just like right around week three or four, every week was like decrease 8%, yeah. decrease 8%. And now we're down to like under 50%. And it's just, it's just leaky. And it's not enough. Like... And then, you know, they have they've had a little bit of red zone offensive issues like this team is not too far away from being better. Jay Sean Jones. Jay Sean Jones. Yeah, this this team's not too far away from being better. But yet with that being said, I don't know if there's enough there to just make it happen either. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think I think they were kind of well coached up defensively, but I don't know. It's could just be injuries could be could be. But yeah. But they're still playing well offensively. They're yep. still slinging the rock around. Yep, it's it's still a dangerous team, and they still just need one more, more one win to get to a bowl. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a team that it needs to get it needs to get to a bowl to show that there's progress yes. happening within the program. Yeah, obviously recruiting probably will still be a strength of Locke. It's going to be fine. That's what he recruiting does. Recruiting to be fine. But it, it could potentially be even better yes. if they can say this is what we did in For sure. you know advancing the program. With the win, Michigan State moves to nine and one overall, six and one in the Big Ten with a couple whoppers coming up the next two weeks. Yeah, uh, and then with the loss, Maryland falls to an even five and five overall, two and five in the Big Ten. So it could very much be Maryland five and six, Rutgers five and six fighting for a bowl at the end of the Oh, year. that'll be great. <laughs> that'll be fantastic if it is. I want that. I, I can I we want, get that please? I, I kinda want that yeah. too. Yeah. All right, our Big Ten game of the week. An EA Sports NCAA 14 game broke out in Columbus. Ohio State 59, Purdue 31. That's 90 total points that we saw. The Buckeyes with six. 124 yards Oof. of total offense to the Boilermakers, 481. Yeah, I mean, God bless the Boilermakers for giving it a go, but they just couldn't keep up here. This was kind of the game, I guess kind of the game that, that Vegas said it was just just much higher scoring. Yeah. This, I, would, this is like, um, this is a deep cut here, um, but uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, when he was the teacher. Um, oh, kindergarten, kindergarten cop. Kindergarten cop, yeah. right? Do you remember right when he's he's on his first day as the kindergarten teacher? Okay. And he's this tough guy, you know? Sure. And he walks in, he's just overwhelmed by yeah, these kids. Sure. That's That was Purdue walking in. It was just like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my God, Trevion Henderson this way, CJ Stroud. Yeah, over right. Here, Chris Alot- like, it was just they, chaos. Can't, can't keep up. No, couldn't keep up. Like, our, of course, I got made fun of by a couple of Ohio State fans because I had the audacity to say that they would only win by 10 points in this game, okay. you know? How dare you? Um, I know. But, like, it, it is one of those deals where what I think I was missing with Ohio State, and it was in the back of my head, but I think Ohio State all of a sudden, they you know, the, the 
barometric pressure changes a little bit. It's a little bit end of November. They're like, wait a second. We got Michigan coming up. It is time to go nuclear. Okay, yes, offensively. But I think, like, defensively, I think this we know who they are. I thought they were improving. I like. I thought I kept thinking, okay, eventually you're going to get it together and they're going to be a solid defensive team. I think it's just who the hell cares. We're just going to go out and score as many goddamn points as possible because we know our defense is going to give up a bunch. I mean, it was seven, and they went right. I think they scored. It was either the first seven or eight possessions in the game. Oh my god! And that's that's the second or third time they've done that this year, right? I I mean, they were scoring at will. It was ridiculous. But it was seven to seven at one point, and just like that, forty-two to seven. I mean, Purdue was just amazing to keep up. It was like the floodgates were opened up. Pretty good stat line for C.J. Stroud: thirty-one of thirty-eight, oh, three hundred and sixty-one yards. Five touchdowns, no picks. That's pretty good. But yet, I don't think he was the player of the game. No, I don't think so. You agree? Okay. I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it was Garrett Wilson, right? Ten catches, 126 yards, three touchdowns. How about a How about a one carry, 51 yards, one touchdown, four total touchdowns. So I'm going to give you credit. Um, I was maybe more on the Chris Olave, mm-hmm. tra- which, by the way, he's still a pretty good football player. <laughs> yeah, he's not bad. But you have been Had a touchdown. you have been mesmerized, I would say, by the athleticism with uh, Garrett Wilson, and now I am viewing Garrett Wilson, and I mean his his athletic ability in in moving around opposing defense. It's borderline erotic. It is point. absolutely. He's incredible. He's incredible. There's I don't know if there's any position on offense other than the line that you couldn't put him at, that he wouldn't have success. I think he'd be a good running back. I'm yeah, serious. He probably would like be. he is that fluid and, and explosive, like his ability to just find the holes in the defense and shoot a gap. It just looks it's incredible. It, I don't know what it is about him. Like it, I think it's like kind of an effortless type of thing it is. that he just looks it's like it's so easy. Thing. That's what I think. That's what I like about him so much, but also they were getting in Jigba with it too. Nine <laughs> catches, 139 yards and, and a touchdown yeah. for Jack uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba too. It's just like everybody, like you said, it was kindergarten cop. Everybody was having fun. Travion Henderson, yes. 13 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns. That 57-yard touchdown just went, yep. Oh, my gosh, he was so fast. Gone. Nobody could catch up. But they're like, I wonder if they've got him on some sort of a pitch count where he's a true freshman. Yeah. And they, th- well, why not? Mayan Williams yeah. had 14 carries, 117 yards. Why would you just keep feeding Henderson the ball, especially in a game like this where it was just out of hand? And me and you, we're, giving, we're patting ourselves on the back quite a bit here, but – me and you talked about maybe it was time for Ryan Day to lean a little bit more yep. on the rushing attack. How about 31 carries, 263 yards, and 8.5 yard average? That was not that was not warm butter defense. That that Boilermaker oh, defense. This is a really good defense that they <laughs> did this to. There is there is currently nothing to pick apart with this Ohio State offense. No, not really. It, no, no. it is a A or A plus across the board. Every now and then, I feel like the offensive line could look a little bit better. That's the best I can give you. That's about it. Um, and, and I, well, okay, there's been a couple games where Stroud's Stroud. thrown a, a few too many interceptions. But that's three, four games ago. Right. Like, no, it's he's, not, do, he's it's doing not fine now. Stroud. But here's this you want to is. talk about somebody who can climb in the pocket, by the way, in pocket press. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This is amazing. They only had seven third downs in the whole game. Then <laughs> they were four of seven on third down. That is insane. <laughs> That should be almost impossible. Dude, I'm telling you, NCAA 14 game broke out. This is crazy. Oh, yeah, Purdue. Okay. Um, sorry, but I mean, Aiden O'Connell. How about this? How do you wind up going 40 of 52 for 390 yards and four touchdowns? 
and you're the third, fourth best player in the game. And you got blown out. And you got blown out. Now, a lot of those came. I don't think Ohio State's defense is as bad as what some of these stats have bore. Yeah, out. because like, they're scoring they, so much that they're gonna, you know, the other team is playing from behind. They're gonna be pitching around, so they're gonna they're gonna get their passing yards, and they they did. But, right, but it's but it's also not a good defense. No, it's not a. I think it has the it, at times it has looked good. I don't know if it'll ever be great. It won't be elite, Mm-mm. but is it? good enough to win a big 10 championship with that offense yes is it good enough to win a college football playoff championship with that offense that's with that, that off- to be seen uh, yeah i think they got a shot i mean dude this offense I, is just I, so I, freaking good just just give me just give me eight series of ohio state's offense versus georgia's defense right now that that is that is also borderline erotic yeah i can add I hope we get to see that because I feel like the fans like us deserve it. Okay, so here's the thing. I felt like Ohio State did do a good job on David Bell. Yeah. But still 11 catches for 103 yards. It's like you can't can't shut that guy down. Milton Wright, seven catches, 98 yards. Jackson Anthrop, seven catches, 66 yards. Like, if we looked back at this game in 20 years – it, like knowing what the NFL careers are going to wind up being for those Ohio State receivers, along with David Bell, and I think Milton Wright's got a chance too. Will we look back and say this was one of the greatest wide receiver contested oh, football contests of all time? I mean, that's, that's what I kept thinking. It's true. Chris Olave, you know, JSN—they're all over the place, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say other than, um, and I'm sure I'm sure there's a little bit of with Purdue where. You know, big letdown. You got to go on the road to the horseshoe. I think that probably played into it a little bit. A little bit, but also if you're a Purdue fan, you're still you're playing with house money too. Yeah, six and four. Yeah, you got a couple winnable games coming up. I mean, yep. they they could get to eight wins. They could get to eight wins with the win. Ohio State moves to nine and one, uh, seven and zero oh in the Big Ten. The only undefeated team in the conference with the loss Purdue falls to six and four overall four and three in the big 10 uh, with Purdue not covering that lost my Amador double barrel lock of the week, which God. falls to seven and four. We were, if I believe correct, we were both three and three ATS six and oh straight up this week. Okay. Yeah. And I lost my, my lock of the lock week. of the week as yeah. well. Okay. That, um, so for the weekly Eisman, I mean, dude, I just, I, it's hard to list all. This was an explosive, Oh, for both offensive and defensive stats. Yeah, good point. Aiden Hutchinson, unbelievable. Aiden O'Connell, unbelievable. Aquanquo, unbelievable. Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed, and Kenny Walker yep. all exploded. Jack Campbell, Zach Van Valkenburg, Charlie Jones, Kai Thomas, and Bucko sure. Irving deserve a yeah. shout-out. Got to give a, one more shout-out to Raekwon O'Neal, the big man yeah. touchdown. That's sure. fantastic. Braylon Allen yeah. does it again. Cade McNamara deserves mm-hmm. a shout-out. Somehow, C.J. Stroud... Does not win the weekly Eisman with 361 yards and nope. five touchdowns. Garrett Wilson, 10 catches, 126 yards, one carry for 51 yards, 177 yards of total offense, four touchdowns, as the kids would say. That's fire. That is fire. It slaps. It's, is that one still there? I think so. Okay, well, uh, maybe that's we'll probably a few beers. years ago. I feel like that one might have, Damn might have gone out a little bit. Um, and then we've got two things left. I feel like I'm missing. Oh, okay. well, we've got the Ice Bowl. Next week, Iowa, Illinois. We do have the yeah. Ice Bowl, yeah. We'll come up with something. Big That'll be a big that. one. That might actually be a good game too. The Ice Bowl, yeah. Illinois I mean, coming off Idle Week, it's coming off of Idle. You know, it's not like Iowa's going to score a ton of points, so it should not be typically. a fairly close game. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I got one more thing. What 
else. Oh, yeah. I got a question for you. Okay. What do we eat? What do we uh, eat? Yes. Go for meat. Go for meat. How do we like it? How do we like it? Raw, raw, raw. What do we eat? What do we eat? Go for meat. Go for meat. This is How the tradition like here. How do we like it? Raw, this is uh, raw, Big Kurt. That is Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Eyes on Big Podcast. Talk to you soon.